0: welcome back to almost sideways movie podcast. My name is Adam and these are my daily notes where I have fun conversations about film. We just had the 2021 Oscars and that was a lot of fun show. We did do a full recap show. You can find that on YouTube and also the podcast too. Uh, I just want to say quickly before we get too much further into our show, make sure you guys leave us a comment if you're listening to it to us on Apple because it does help us get more followers. We are trying to build the podcast and these shows up more. If you guys would also like to support The film or the video portion of our our shows. Check us out on YouTube at Almost Sideways. We've been growing. We just hit three hundred subscribers there, so we're really uh, really excited for the growth that we're beginning on YouTube as well as the podcast. But anyway, the two thousand twenty one Oscars did go off without a hitch. Uh, There was some controversy, of course, near the back end of the show with some rearranging of categories, which we had. I just found out, like learned from Zach, that. Best Picture sometimes doesn't always go on last. thats hasn't happened for quite a long time, and I think it kind of they were banking on a moment, but didn't quite, uh, quite hit it. Here are some of my favorite parts of the show.
1: And the Oscar goes to Emerald Fennell, "Promising Young Woman."
2: Daniel Kaluuya, "Judas and the Black
1: And the Oscar goes to Gloisao. Nomadland.
3: And the Oscar goes to
1: Nomadland. For actor goes to Anthony Hopkins, the father. <clears throat> the Academy congratulates Anthony Hopkins and accepts the Oscar on his behalf.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So anyway, it got got me thinking about, you know, other Oscars, because I'm kind of looking at some movies that are celebrating anniversaries. And so, of course, I go back to 2001, which are celebrating 20 years of being a film. So I was looking at the Oscars, looking at some anniversary movies, and I came across a couple that I kind of wanted to talk about. And that is Shrek and Monsters, Inc. Then I thought about it. Hey, you know, the and as I dug dug a little deeper they of course, they were they both these films were nominated for multiple Oscars. So it, I'm like, OK, that's kind of cool. And then kind of find out, dug a little deeper that this was the first time they ever did the two, um, 2001 was the first time they ever did Best Animated Feature. So, of course, I kind of got into it a little bit more and I kind of wanted to go back and revisit all three films and see if the Oscars actually got it right. So uh, it's kind of a different type of style videos. You're going to get three reviews on this, this episode. Of course, you're going to get a review for Shrek and monsters, Inc. And Jimmy Neutron boy genius, which is a quite an interesting choice for best animated feature. But as I dug deeper into 2001 and what other films did come out, the only one that possibly could have got a nomination was spirited away, but there, some of the release wasn't until 2002. So that 2000 I guess in that case, the 2003 Oscars, the uh, best animated feature went to the second year's Oscars, went to Spirited Away, which is cool. But anyway, we're not talking about 2002 Oscars. Uh, the winner in 2001 was Shrek, and I'm presumably Monsters, Inc. would have finished second. I think out of re-watching all these ones, because my wife and I did this challenge, and we watched every single film, all three of these films, um, and we, we enjoyed them for the most part you'll hear our thoughts my thoughts on a, on one of them particularly because i think one of them is a little dated and there's some other little, little things of uh, revisiting films you kind of pick up on so anyway uh that's let's, let's listen in on the oscar 2001 oscar ceremony because it is kind of a historic moment in oscars letting um, animation movies get their own special category up to that point, I don't think we've really got much love for animated movies. I think *Beauty and the Beast* got a Best Picture nomination, a bunch of other noms too. *A um, uh, Lion King* I think got a couple of um, a couple nominations with music and song, or score, I should say, not music. But anyway, uh, so really, animation really hadn't got too much love up to that point of the Oscars. So here is Whoopi Goldberg, one of the voice of the hyenas from. The Lion King, and as she uh, kind of sets up this award, and Nathan Lane, you know, famous from The Birdcage, and I'm, I'm, my wife and I are re-watching Modern Family, you might know him as Pepper from Modern Family as well. So it, it's kind of funny to see them both give out um, this award. I guess, actually, <laughs> I, I say, let's just take this back. Uh, yeah, Timon is... Uh, <laughs> Timon is voiced by Nathan Lane. I think that's probably something too. So Whoopi Goldberg went on hyenas. Sha- um, Shanshi, I believe. Shanshi. I, I'm Shanxi is her her name. And passing off to Timon of Nathan Lane uh, for The Lion King presenting this award. I think uh, you can tell right away that this is a very interesting ceremony. Before we listen to it, set it up for for video. Uh, they actually have animation of the Shrek and Donkey actually in the crowd like in tuxedos and such listening in on the award. You also see Mike and Sully from monsters Inc actually in the crowd, uh, listening to the war, the award show and Jimmy Neutron himself with his dog and I just watched that movie today, and I can't remember the dog's name, Little Gadget Dog. Anyway, doesn't matter. But anyway, they're in the crowd, and they're animated, and it's it's interesting to see because you get like this reaction from Shrek and Donkey as they won. They're like blown away, clapping, and the other the other nominees, Mike Sully and Jimmy Neutron, they they kind of celebrate and go the, from there then on out. But it's kind of interesting to see that they did that for that that very first awards award. award. And uh, anyway, and you can tell this is a very dated thing because it's 2001 where the, uh, George W. Bush just won presidency. So there's a couple digs at Al, um, Al Gore uh, in there as well uh, about his person- personality, and uh, it's kind of interesting. It's definitely uh, a, a time capsule into 2001. And I, I, As I got in more invested in this, because I wanted to talk about Shrek originally, and I kind of got into, got suckered into kind of like, really kind of going into it so without further ado i think i want to break it up the three reviews the first one's gonna be shrek the next one's gonna be monsters inc and the final one will be jimmy neutron boy genius uh, let me know what you guys think about each film you can hit us up on twitter at almost sideways and of course as i'm talking about this trying to set up this clip i also put out a poll out on twitter about if to the 2001 oscars happened today which film would walk away with best animated feature in their people's eyes. Of course, I had 17 people vote on this poll. Of course, Jimmy Neutron finished in third with 6% of the vote. So Shrek with 35%, and of course, Monsters, Inc. was 59% of the vote. So a lot of the people on Twitter, at least the, the 17 people voted um, on Twitter, thought Monsters, Inc. was the one that should be walking away with Best Animated Feature, the 2001 Oscars. Do I think that... You'll find out in my reviews of whatever film I decide who wins. I mentioned that in the review. So anyway, take it away, Whoopi Goldberg. In the 2001 Best Animated Feature Oscar Setup and Nathan Lane, who presented the award too. So take a listen and enjoy the reviews.
2: In recognition of their steadily growing importance in the motion picture arts, the Academy has added a new category this year honoring animated feature films. Bambi, who is now – go ahead. Bambi, who is now in an assisted living facility in Palm Springs, <laughs> has been lobbying for this for years. I proudly became a low class well, hyena well. in the Lion King. Oh, what have we got here? And in the three movies that have been nominated for this brand new award, an array of talented actors also got to cut loose, like Patrick Stewart and Jimmy oh, Neutron God. Boy
3: Genius. God. The mightiest, most ferocious creature in all. Of- Oh, I get some. Ooh, John Goodman and Billy Crystal oh, and Monsters
2: Incorporated. I was the fastest one. And in the morning, I'm making. And Eddie Isn't Murphy and Mike Myers and Shrek. Are in short
3: supply. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and of course, this guy who shared the jungle with me in The Lion King, the man, the meerkat, the Nathan Lane. <laughs>
3: Good evening. I'm Greta Van Susteren. I've had a lot more work done. Oh, yes. Beneath this lovely tuxedo, I'm wearing the Victoria's Secret bra with the 22 diamonds sewn in the lining. That's Hollywood for you. Real diamonds, fake breasts. But it's great to be back in the panic room. At long last, an Academy Award for the Best Animated Feature Film. I know dear old Walt Disney would be smiling right now if he wasn't frozen solid. You know, Animators work entirely in two dimensions, taking an image that's flat and inert and creating the illusion of life, something that was sadly never achieved with Al Gore. (laughs) The art of animation has come a long way from the early days. Now, instead of being hunched over drawing tables, creating thousands of individual cells, animators are hunched over computer keyboards, creating thousands of merchandising opportunities. (laughs) But some things changed. The Pink Panther still can't adopt in Florida. (laughs) The nominees are Monsters Incorporated, Pete Docter and John (laughs) Lasseter. Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, Steve Odekirk and John A. Davis. (laughs) Shrek, Aaron Warner. Gosh. Up until now, I thought Monsters Incorporated was a documentary on the Weinsteins. But, oh, we kid the rich and powerful because we love them. The Academy rules specify that animated characters must remain in their seats. Only real people can accept the award. So please, be animated. And the Oscar goes to Shrek, Aaron Warner.
2: This is the first Academy Award nomination and the first Oscar for producer Aaron Warner. Shrek employed state-of-the-art CGI animation. Producer Jeffrey Katzenberg said that it will be a benchmark for about a day or two.
1: Thank you, members of the Academy, for inviting us to the party by creating this uh, category to begin with. Shrek took five years and over 500 people to bring to life, so I'm honored to be up here on behalf of the entire team. Uh, special thanks go to John Williams who originally brought uh, the book uh, William Steig's book to DreamWorks. Laurie McDonald, who thought it might make a good animated movie. The amazing directors Andrew Adamson and Vicki Jensen. Our incredible cast Mike Myers Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz and Tom Lithgow. Executive producers Penny fingelman Cox, Sandy Raymonds, and David Littman, Terry Press and Jim Tharp at DreamWorks and the entire staff of animators and artists at PDI DreamWorks. Finally, I want to thank my fellow producer, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who has a love for animation that borders on obsession, and who is the real reason we're here tonight.
0: Thank you. 2001 Shrek, the winner of the very first Best Animated Feature Oscar. And I've got some things I wanted to say about it.
1: Princess, where are you? It's very spooky in here. I'm playing no games. Well, at least we know where the princess is. But where's the Dragon! DRAGON!
3: DreamWorks
1: Pictures invites you to a land of fairy tales. <laughs> hey! Oh, no, 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 no. Dead girl, off the table! I was
3: supposed to put it, The, pasta butter? the bed's taken.
1: What? We're an unlikely hero. <laughs> You definitely need some Tic Tacs or something, because your breath stinks! Rescues a fair princess... You
0: didn't slay the dragon? It's on my to-do list.
1: ...from a nasty villain... Eat! Me! ...with the help of his trusty companion. This is gonna be fun. We can see him late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. This summer... Ah. One Name Spells Action... You're not exactly what I expected. One name spells adventure.
3: How about here?
1: Before this is over, I'm gonna need a whole lot of serious therapy. Roar! One name. Don't look down. Check. I'm looking down.
3: Spells romance. It's no way to behave in front of a princess. Oh,
1: wow. She's as nasty as you are. Come on. There's an arrow in your butt. Oh. Oh. And that name is Shrek. Shrek.
3: Thank you very much. I'm here till Thursday. Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, John Lithgow. You love this woman, don't you? Yes.
1: You wanna hold her? Yes. Please! Uh, yes! Then you got the to, got the time attended! Shrek. Wow. Let's do that again. No! No!
0: And let's go back. Shrek uh, came out in two thousand and one. Like I said, did have that very first Oscar win, and it was nominated for two Oscars: Best Adapted Screenplay, which is an interesting nomination, I think. But I think it's also kind of deserving of it. Uh, it's very interesting uh, piece of film, and I come and find out listening to the the speech at the Oscars. It was this movie was in five years of development. Something I didn't actually wouldn't picture, but anyway, let's this movie about. This movie stars Mike Myers playing the iconic voice of Shrek and Eddie Murphy's in there as Donkey Cameron Diaz as Fiona, and of course John Lithgow as Lord Fartquad. So Shrek is an ogre who of course is people doesn't like people. he's kind of an occluse because he doesn't like people making fun of him and he kind of I'll grab your pitchforks and your fire sticks or whatever people do you know to try to get the ogres off their land anyway. with a recent outlaw of fairy tale qu- creatures by Lord Farquad, that a series of events sparks shrek to go out to get his land back and of course he gets suckered into going and freeing a princess in a castle surrounded by a dragon with his trusty steed by his side aka donkey so it's a very it's it's kind of a road trip movie in this fairy tale kind of a a kind of walt disney kind of poking fun at walt disney and animated films as well because you see Different characters that seem recognizable but are totally different. You see, like a Snow White. You see Rapunzel. You see Pinocchio, the Three Little Pigs. It's a very uh, kind of Disney esque kind of jabs in this film, which is pretty funny. But I think what I really liked about this movie, on especially on rewatch, was that. I felt really nostalgic about this. My wife and I had took this challenge on. We watched all three films, and this is the one that we definitely like. Wow, this we had definitely had some nostalgia for this movie, and that's something I didn't really think I didn't really think too much about Shrek recently until I decided let's go look back at this film. I kind of don't really remember it too much, but as I pushed play on, um, I believe it was on Hulu streaming on hulu i was like man i was immediately taken back by smash mouth singing all star to the very ending song and that the shrek and the uh, shrek in the swamp karaoke dance party there was a lot of stuff that just kind of overwhelmed me with nostalgic feels and i think that's all what this movie really has going for it especially if you're, you you kind of grew up as like a uh, young adult teenager-esque time in, in 2001 they probably have really fond memories of this movie and I, and I, and if I'm looking back, to be honest, I kind of got burnt out by this movie when I was a kid because my brother and sister r- really loved the movie a lot, and they played it a, quite a bit, and I kind of got tired of it. So when Shrek 2 came out, I, that was my favorite one. But rewatching the first Shrek, I kind of still really dug it, and I kind of appreciated it a little bit more than I did uh, in recent memory. I, I, what I really love about this film is that the characters are kind of completely realized and kind of feel lived in and these, uh, these voice actors perfectly capture each character from the kind of brilliant portrayal of Shrek by Mike Myers. And he's gone on record saying without Sean Connery, there really isn't, uh, you know, uh, without Sean Connery, there is no... uh you know Austin Powers, and without Austin Powers, you know you can't really you can't have Austin Powers, that big big blockbuster film that he had. Without and or you can't transition from Austin Powers into Shrek, and I I think that's pretty dang awesome. We have to incorporate uh, Sean Connery in this conversation somehow, but seeing Mike Myers kind of play this this Oga in the swamp and seeing him just come to life because I, I i'm really a big fan of mike myers i love his Austin powers movies i love wayne's world he's really funny on snl as well and you kind of forget because he's did a bunch of shrek sequels that there's a lot to this guy's talents of course we saw i love his little cameo in inglorious bastards with uh, where he said bastards in the way he did have its horrible accent but anyway mike myers is definitely a stand-up but however my favorite voice talent in this movie i gotta go to eddie murphy and a lot of people give Eddie Murphy um kind of a bad rap because of some of the bad stinkers that he was in but shrek kind of i think revitalized him for a while and dream girls certainly got him back in the awards contenders because i think he's a really talented actor but this very first film man, he is the Jabberjaw. he's a a thousand words a minute and i absolutely kind of dig donkey in this movie because he's so annoying but set so charming at the same time and It just kind of, you kind of want him to be your friend, but also just leave you alone because it kind of, you know, here's the best analogy. We have, my wife and I have a six-year-old daughter and she reminds me, our donkey reminds me a lot of her because she's just nonstop question, question, talk, 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 talk. But there's something about that. It's like, you know what? We're having a conversation. You're, You're wanting to bond. Well, let's indulge in this conversation, and that's that's Donkey in a nutshell. He just so just wants to have friends, and I love when he breaks in the song. And in the morning, he's making waffles. It's 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 great. I love I love Donkey here. Moving to you know Cameron Diaz here. have well, funny thing, what my wife was saying about Cameron Diaz is like you don't really see her too much anymore. That is true. It's kind of interesting where she where she went to. It's like where in the world is Carmen San Carmen San Diego? But really, it's where in the world is Carmen uh, Cameron Diaz? But anyway, uh, she plays the voice of uh, Princess Fiona, who has a, a dirty little secret. She's actually an ogre as well at night because she's cursed by a witch. And, of course, the backstories from the other films do kind of um, convey more of that uh, history in the films, too. But in this one, I, you know, it I really enjoy the movie up to the point where we've rescued Princess Fiona but somewhere in between with the Princess Fiona storyline, it kind of, for me, bogs, it's kind of, uh, kind of has a dull and kind of stagnant for a little bit. And then the ending kind of picks back up. But there's like a, a 15 minute period in the middle of the film, film somewhere. And it arrives at different times for me when I rewatch it. It just kind of is like, okay, I am kind of want to just move on to the next scene now. Uh, So uh, Princess Fiona out of the whole cast is probably my least favorite, not saying that she's a bad performance or anything, but just something with her storyline in the middle of this first film. I don't really care for too much, just like 15 minutes or so of it. And I, it's from where she kills that bird after Rob and beats up Robin hood till like right before she, the the marriage sequence, there's like something, some somewhere between those scenes, there's like 15 minutes where I'm not like really invested too much but anyway we have john lithgow playing our our villain of uh, lord Farquaad, and Farquaad is awesome i enjoy him so much and maybe because it's john lithgow and anything that he does if it's a serious work or if it's his comedic moments like I, I really enjoyed third rock from the sun i can rewatch that show quite a bit and my i actually told my wife that's that's the guy from uh, uh, uh third rock from the sun and we're like what and it just fell more into lord farquad and i think a lot of it is um his vocal presence on screen. He just has that unique voice that, and it's also, it's charming. It's kind of douchey at the same time. And it's just kind of brilliant. And I i, I couldn't picture anybody else playing Lord Farquaad other than John Lithgow. I think that's a lot to do with this to his presence on screen. And he, a lot of this stuff recently, too, that he, whenever he's on, he's he's on his game when he's on screen. So it's cool to see John Lithgow. So I've, I've kind of talked about my positives um, about the movie, and I think overall, looking back after 20 years that this film being in existence, I think the only really uh, things I really like about it is the nostalgic feels I get. The animation actually does pretty much hold up. There's a little bit, sometimes it looks like eh, it's a little dated there, but it's it's worth a pass. It's been around for twenty years. I I enjoy some of the kind of um, air quotes raunchiness of the humor at times. I like the digs that they do at Disney, and some of these fairy tale stories and kind of kind of tell a, a family friendly movie, but a little bit edgy, which is always fun. And I like the characters; they're very fully realized. Some of my negatives, I like that fifteen minutes of the film kind of bogs down it's i think it's right before she t- uh, donkey realizes La princess fiona's secret i think that for whatever reason i just i always feel that that's the time where if i'm watching that night i'm falling asleep during that sequence and waking up right before the, uh, the right in the middle of the wedding for whatever reason uh something that, that's kind of really my only negative after rewatching it it's a, it's a very enjoyable movie that i had a lot of fun rewatching it and thinking about and talking to you guys about it uh, of course, I after I'm done turning off this camera. There's probably something little nitpicks and little gripes here, coming there. But overall, I think this is a very enjoyable film after so many years. I actually here's a here's a gripe: having so many dank sequels to the movies kind of put for me puts the legacy of the franchise and this first first film in this leaves a sour taste in my mouth because I know Shrek Two, I think is slightly better. I have to rewatch it, of course, but I think it's slightly better than this first film. But Shrek 3, Shrek 4 kind of redeems what Shrek 3 did. Puss in Boots is there, and apparently they're getting a second Puss in Boots movie. Uh, and I know some of those movies kind of go downhill a little bit, and it kind of sours the uh, the legacy of the character. And it doesn't really hurt this first film, because I kind of don't acknowledge, try not I try not to acknowledge those other sequels as much. And just when I wanted to look in this one as this time capsule of 2001. And I definitely got a lot of nostalgic feels for it and i, I kind of really jo- enjoyed the heck out of this movie and i'm going to give this movie a three out of four stars on the almost side sideways scale uh, that's my thoughts on shrek from 2001 oh by the way i forgot to mention it's directed by andrew adamson and vicki jensen and it's running about a 90 minutes so it's, it's not it's very quick hour 30 T- today's review is going to be monsters inc uh, from 2001, directed by Pete Docter, who just has won, won several Oscars. And this is kind of an interesting uh, film after watching it. I haven't watched Monsters, Inc. for quite some time. And I'm kind of excited to talk about it. Because I think some of my opinion might have changed ever so slightly. And before I took this challenge, uh, originally, I would have said, it's clearly they they got it wrong. Uh, Shrek did win the, the very first uh, Best Animated Feature. But Monsters, Inc. should have won, right? Oh.
3: Okay, people, Eastern Seaboard, coming online.
1: The creators of Toy Story. Good
3: morning, fellas. Hey, what's shaking, Bacon? Did you lose weight
1: or a limb? Take you into the world behind your closet door.
3: Roz, you're looking fabulous today. Is that a new haircut? New makeup. You've had a lift. You've had a tuck. You've had something. Ah!
1: We've always been afraid monsters were there. Scary
3: feet, scary feet, scary feet. Oh, the kid's awake.
1: Waiting to scare us.
3: Twins and a bunk bed.
1: <laughs> but what we didn't know is that we scare them. What happened? The kid almost touched me. You can't touch a child. They're toxic. If a kid ever got through one of our doors, the results would be catastrophic. Walt Disney Pictures presents... Kitty!
3: That's is a killing machine.
1: A Pixar Animation Studios film! Ew!
3: There's a kid here. A human kid! We can neither confirm nor deny the presence of a human child. Let's keep it. I always wanted a pet that could tell me.
1: What are you doing? Monsters Incorporated.
3: It's a musical. Put that thing back where it came from Also oh, help, me. Boom, boom, so help boom, me. So help boom, me. So
0: help me. And cut. <laughs> After re-watching, I really love Monsters Inc. I think it's top tier Pixar, but I think maybe they got it right just because of the long lasting legacy of it. But maybe you don't have as many bad sequels as Shrek does with Monsters Inc. So Monsters Inc. is a film that took place in 2001, and it tells the story of two good buddies mike and sully voiced by john goodman who plays Solly, and billy crystal plays mike wazowski and they are a team and they work for a, g- a company called monsters incorporated where they scare because they care and sully is the big scarer who goes into little kids rooms in this uh weird building they basically have these like these doors come down these kids doors come down into their office and, and get activated and the, the monster goes through scares the kid and their scares bring energy energy into these this monster world one time uh when they when a door mysteriously uh is left down below sully investigates it and accidentally brings in a little girl named boo in the monstropolis that is the Monsters, Inc. world. Okay, so that's uh, it's a little rundown of Monsters, Inc. And I had not watched this one for quite a long time. I, I think I've seen Monsters, University a couple times rec- more recently than I have seen this, this first film. And I, I got to say, this movie is still just as charming I think something has to do with Pete Doctor. Pete Doctor is kind of a genius, and I've talked about we've talked about this here on a, our podcast quite a bit. Uh, he's he just won an Oscar for Soul. He's done Inside Out. He also won that. That's one, Inside Out. Personally, is my favorite uh, Pixar movie, along with Coco. And Pete Doctor also did Up. So four movies that Pete Doctor has directed in the Pixar family has they they these movies pack the most emotional punch of any Pixar movie, pretty much. Um, I think you can throw Toy Story in there, and also Coco for emotional punch mo- uh, moments. Uh, Wally probably to, probably too, but anyway, uh, Pete Doctor does have a great track record with uh, Pixar, and he this is his very first film that uh, he was able to direct here. And the best things about this movie are Billy Crystal and John Goodman right out of the gate get the voice talent uh, running on all cylinders. Great comedic duo that I personally would never have guessed would have worked so good. Probably wouldn't have worked as great in live action. But because they're animated animation, I think the characters are picked perfectly. Uh, I think John Goodman is a perfect Sully and as likewise for Billy Crystal as Mike Wazowski. There's something about this combo. They're like Timon and Pumbaa pixar world at one of whom was actually a side character but anyway it's like but it's again they had buzz and Woody a couple years ago and having mike and sully they, they're really good at having com doubles uh, you know combos best friends if you will or work off each other uh, pixar has always done a great job with best um animation uh, in this one, uh, voice talent in here another character i really love is randall boggs played by steve ushimmy love steve Busce. I mean, anything he does and he is perfectly realized in monsters inc i don't really care what they did for him in monsters university because they kind to um they kind of keep him kind of change him up a little bit it feels like they kind of redcon some stuff that with uh, his character from monsters inc i get it what they were trying to do is try to make him kind of a friend of them kind of maybe start that rivalry with sully and mike but I'm, that's I don't really care about Monsters University too much. I guess that's kind of lower tier Pixar. Monsters Inc is upper tier. So anyway, let's talk about the upper tier stuff. Uh, this world of Montrop- Monstropolis is uh, beautiful and amazing. I kind of want to explore more of it. And I I kind of was expecting Monsters University to be a little bit uh, maybe Monsters Inc two to see what happened with next, but and get more into that world. But I didn't realize what I uh, what I was asking for when I wanted a sequel to Monsters Inc. But the world of Monsters, uh, Inc. What is fully realized, and I it's, it's breathtaking. I want to see more of it, because really, you only got to see like what's inside the factory, uh, this little restaurant they really go, the googly couple go to. And uh, some other little places here and there, the apart- apartment and stuff. And I uh, wanted to see kind of more. Uh, some of the humor here really works still after 20 years later and absolutely is uh, some of my favorite little kind of gags and little characters and little jokes uh, from any Pixar movie recently that I have seen. And after so many years, I, I think it's a very uh, charming film that definitely packs an emotional punch near the end. And that emotional punch definitely comes from the love relationship that you kind of feel—the pulls of the heartstring with Boo. And Boo is one of the cutest little kids, and kind of—I kind of was telling my daughter as we were watching it because she got sucked into this world again too. It's like this kind of reminded me of you. You were always kind of curious, and you were if say, for instance, that this movie was an actual real thing where these monsters would come in and kind of scare their kids, I think my daughter would be brave enough to go into there and kind of become friends with Kitty and uh, Mike Wazowski. And uh, because there's some similar, uh, slimmer, similar similar, traits that I think that, well, any of these little kids with curiosity can uh, will have with Boo. And I love the Pixar theory where people think that Boo... Is actually the the older lady in Brave trying to find a way back to, to see Sully? Love that theory. And also, I thought I saw a recent theory where they thought Bing Bong was also from the monster from Monstropolis, Monstropolis, as well, which is very interesting theory. I have to research more into that. But uh, looking back, uh, one of the things that I th- think that has dated this movie uh, on rewatch. Is some of that animation. Uh, the animation for me seems not as vibrant as I remember, or as bright. And I, I, it doesn't really hurt the film's quality. And I still really love the film, but I think that's where I, my initial reaction of saying Monster Inc. should have won. It's the clear winner. It's it's upper Pixar film. It's an upper Pixar film, and I still think it's upper Pixar, mind you. But there was some of the animation. Even asking my wife, who is not really. Uh, doesn't really care so much about critiquing films. She just wants to enjoy film. And that's that. I love that about her. And I wish sometimes I could do that a little bit more. And so I admire that, but even she was like, you know, yeah, you know what? I think that there was little spots here where it definitely didn't look as crisp as other sequences. So I, for somebody with just kind of an eye, who's kind of noticing things here and there a lot more than, uh, than maybe the average person having an average per, uh, normal person, just like a movie fan catch that kind of stuff thought that's very uh, kind of op- maybe eye-opening a little bit. And maybe uh, re- maybe they got it right with Shrek. So it doesn't really hurt the film or my overall grade for Monsters, Inc. And Monsters, Inc. is still a fantastic film. Uh, I forgot to mention the score is probably one of my favorite uh, Pixar scores as well. It makes this world feel so much more alive. Um, also, the another thing I kind of didn't really like for whatever reason was Mr. Waternoose. I think... Um, that's where a lot of the animation was. I think his design's kind of weird. Uh, that that the eye right between he has like these two, like a bunch of small eyes around, and he has this one little eye always get like it cro- makes my eyes cross-eyed watching, looking at him. So I think uh, he has very, he has a very um unique design that kind of is scary in a way. But his eyes just do it for me. And I just can't take it seriously. Yeah, very. Uh, after watching it back, I just didn't quite realize that that's how his eyes looked, and it uh, kind of bugged me it the whole. Every time he was on screen, uh, but Minister Waternoose is played by uh, James Coburn, which is a good voice. I think he was uh, really good. I love the what he was able to do with the character. And oh, another one, uh, Cecilia, played by uh jennifer tilly which i totally forgot she was in here i was like oh that's it's tiffany from Chucky, the chucky franchise uh really cool to see her in here too I, I i think pixar always does a great job with casting and so every time they cast somebody who's maybe an oddball choice it's like oh yeah it does work it's awesome then maybe they do know what they're doing over there at pixar uh but anyway that's my quick takes on monsters inc i'm do end up giving this one maybe a higher rating. Um, I don't want to spoil what I give Shrek, but I give this one a three point five out of four stars. It is in my one of my top ten films of two thousand and one. I do like this one quite a bit uh, because it does pack that kind of emotional punch. I think it's really good storytelling as well. Yeah, so Monsters Inc. actually wound up um, with four. Oscar nominations, and actually with one wins, surprisingly enough. It did win Best Original Song for If I Didn't Have You, which was sung by John Goodman and... um uh, Billy Crystal and was also non- nominated for sound editing, original score, and animated film. Things I really loved about that movie for sure. That sound editing actually was up against Pearl Harbor, only two movies nominated in that category that year, which is kind of interesting to see. The, the one category it did win was original song, and it beat out the song from Caden Leopold, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Pearl Harbor, and Finella Sky, and did lose. Uh, from some very iconic scores uh, from 2001, it lost to... Uh, it, it, the winner for original score that year was Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring, and it lost to... Um, although the runners-up were AI, Beautiful Mind, and Harry Potter the, and the Sorcerer's Stone. I think they actually got that c- category predicted right. I probably would have gone Harry Potter and then Monsters, Inc., if I'm being honest, but Lord of the Rings was would have been my winner for that as well. And animated, I still think that Shrek... Is the winner, but Monsters, Inc. is uh, right there. Um, I think there was just that big uproar of movement for Shrek being such so kind of a groundbreaking uh, time capsule movie that perfectly kind of is just 2001 all over it. Uh, but Monsters, Inc., uh, was a very solid movie. I love upper Pixar movie, but that's my thoughts and takes on it. This is a place for conversation, so I want you guys to jump in the conversation. In that comment section, let me know what you guys think of Monsters, Inc. Did you guys like it? Did you not like it? final nominee for this category and that's Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius and it was directed by John A. Davis. I don't really know too much about his animation style he's directed films like The Ant Bully and Santa and the Snowman which is uh, 21 minutes short from 1997 or Santa versus the Snowman rather but anyway we got ourselves a bogey
2: Participate visual contact now.
3: Holy! <laughs> Hi! Nice and cheeks! Got a blab!
1: Meet Jimmy Neutron. He's a boy genius. In school, what are
3: you trying? My latest invention.
1: He's light years ahead of the pack.
3: The shrink ray. Will it work on your big head?
1: But in being cool,
3: bubble travel is the way of the future.
1: He's got a little catching up to do.
3: Nice invention, nerdtron. Better luck next time. (sighs) James Isaac Neutron. Okay, Jimmy. That's the last straw.
1: Mom says you're grounded.
2: Maybe I should check
1: on him. No, I don't. Freeze that image. Oh. The search is over.
2: Yeah.
3: Our parents have been kidnapped by aliens. <laughs> No adults anywhere within radar. These crummy aliens stole our parents. It's time to show them what we're made of. Okay, that gives us about two days to design and test our fusion engines and build our fleet of interstellar warships. Any questions? If we blow up, whatever's left of me is kicking your butt. Here we go. Here we go.
1: From Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon Movies...
3: Hang on, everyone! This Christmas, get ready to blast. I may be small. I've got a big brain. You know, for a nerd, he sure comes in handy.
1: Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius.
3: I
0: didn't think we like girls yet, Jim.
3: Oh, we don't. We don't. No. Okay. Not yet. No.
0: Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, was a Nickelodeon original film. And I got to say... Out of all the films from 2001 that were nominated in this category, this is the one that feels the most dated and the most based in 2001. Uh, the animation style is pretty dang weird. I think my wife kind of said it reminded her a lot of The fairy Odd Parents, and there's a uh, age gap between her and I, and i now watched that show. So I have would have to take her, uh, her word for it. Uh, but I do remember uh, actually watching Jimmy Neutron quite a bit as a kid. My brother actually had this VHS tape. Or a DVD. I can't remember exactly. One of those we had. We we actually owned this movie, and we watched it quite a bit. I remember that the TV show came out shortly after the movie came out, and yeah, we watched a couple episodes, and it was fun. I seen Jimmy Neutron and I seen these other characters. Carl, Carl, and, and this you would know if you know the movie, you would know that what what I, that voice was. But anyway, the it's it's a fun film that is not as interesting as the other movies. And it's kind of one of those forgettable Oscar-nominated movies for me. I totally forgot that it was nominated for animated feature. It doesn't feel like a film that uh, traditionally, especially if today's world, this movie would not get nominated uh, for the Oscar But it was kind of in the right place at the right time. And I think maybe the Oscars kind of maybe giving this award and having this movie nominated kind of put the TV show on its back a little bit and say, hey, Nickelodeon, here's some love and here's uh, an Oscar nomination. So maybe the movie gets watched a little bit more, maybe um, have a TV show take off as well. But anyway, if you guys are unfamiliar with Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, it follows our our boy genius, Jimmy Neutron, as he is doing all these different science experiences. Experiments is, and he wants to try to communicate with alien life forms. He thinks he picks up a message, but it's kind of gargly. So he shoots a toaster off into space that is a communication device. And of course, uh, he, being kind of a shorter kid, a kind of a nerd, one of the smarter kids, he get, does get picked on. But he does have his trusty friend Carl by his side, and uh, I do like their relationship in this movie. And uh, wouldn't you know it? That toaster that Jimmy Neutron shot into space does attract alien life, and the aliens do come down. Uh, the alien is played, uh, the le- he- lead aliens played by Patrick Stewart, and the little sidekick guys by Martin uh, Short, which is a good, a- an interesting combination of uh, uh, com- uh, partners here too. So it's kind of that, that's interesting voice casting there. Uh, and then they come down to space and take all their uh, the parents. So. <laughs> Uh, the kids have to go to space and save them. Logically, the movie doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they go into space with no helmets, nothing like that. They just go off in space. Uh, they built, they turn amusement park rides into uh, rockets, and uh, logically, it's not. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And but it's a movie, and you gotta shut your brain off for what how long is the movie? Eighty three minutes, so it's not even that long. So, but. I'm looking back as, you know, as I'm a 30 year old plus per man now, 32 year old man. And looking back now, what I would have to say positively about this movie is that there is some uh, charm to it. Uh, if you have kids, my daughter actually seemed pretty invested in this movie. She watched it and she did kind of chuckle at some of the jokes. I, I think that a lot of the fun things about watching this movie so many years out is that you can kind of totally tell where 2001 kind of played a big part. It's like, Oh yeah, I remember, uh, picking your ringtone out and having that as your uh, your ringtone for your phone instead of being, like you having a song or a f- special beat play when your phone rings. And there was a kid, like character, that did that exact thing. Uh, seeing a, a Walkman or uh, these being an action figure collector as a kid and going to school for show and tell, and you kind of remember things like that. And it, it's unlike the other films that were nominated in this category. It's the only one that can make you feel uh, maybe like a kid again and know how it was to be in school because that's where the subject matter took it uh jimmy neutron is that interesting character and and if uh and actually looking back i didn't even know who voiced her because it's not or voiced him at all because there's not a ton of like the, the main cast played by big characters but it's actually De- uh debbie uh, daraberry who also voiced in a uh, toy story wrecked ralph and aladdin a bunch of actually classic disney animation movies and she comes over here as jimmy the voice of jimmy neutron uh, we also get some other big names too. Uh, oh, Patrick Stewart is the King Gobot the Fifth, uh, the main lead alien. I said Martin Short earlier, so yeah, those are. The, it's kind of interesting. The only two big kind of actors in this movie. I think Jim Cummings also played in this movie as well as Ultra Lord, uh, and I think. Th- My biggest like enjoyment level for this film was some of those little gags, those nostalgic, not maybe not nostalgic feels, but those little feels that reminders of what it was like as a kid back in that time. And also having some memories of watching this with my brother and kind of enjoying it back then. And also some of the soundtrack of the movie, uh, not as good as Shrek, but a lot of the songs here. I do really like, so I like seeing some of that as well. My negatives, it doesn't really hold up for me at all. It, the animation's really weird and awkward, and it's, like I said, it would never be nominated today if it actually took place. Uh, and But with that case, so with having an Oscar-nime movie, they don't get it right all the time, but in 2001, there wasn't really a ton of great films to be nominated. You're not going to name nominate straight to video movies. You're just going to nominate some stuff that went to theater and Fortunately, 2001 was a weaker year, I guess, for overall animation. We got two really great ones with Shrek and uh, Monsters Inc., but I digress on those. Uh, Jimmy Neutron is one of those movies that is a borderline two star movie, maybe a little lower based off quality, uh, but I'm not going to f- hurt the movie too much for uh, looking back on it so many years, and I'm trying to take my best, like, time capsule feeling of rating this movie in 2001 so overall i'm gonna fall on a two-star rating for me on this one because i think uh the main reason is is that you know my daughter sat through it and watched it and kind of we had some fun watching it together with her and i had those little fun feels but logically the story doesn't make sense the animation is very buggy and it, it just doesn't hold up. Uh, Goddard. The dog's name is Goddard. I remember the dog's name. I was puzzling from the podcast. If you're listening to this on a uh, video, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But recorded the podcast, and now I remember the dog's name. Goddard is uh, Jimmy Neutron's dog's name. Uh, but anyway, that's my quick takes on Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. I don't really have too much more to say about it. It's not, there's nothing uh, ex- um, really much to say. So... All right guys what's well, my quick reviews for the three main movies that were nominated in 2001 overall I, I think it's pretty clear that I think that Shrek was the deserving winner originally going into this I clearly thought it was Monsters Inc and I, I it's such a tough coin flip because Monsters Inc is damn deserving of best animated feature because it's top tier and unfortunately that year it went up against Shrek who had a I probably had the most momentum out of any movie uh, because of um, how, how iconic it was. And I think sometimes with those really popular movies, they get a lot of sequels and the sequels kind of hinder the, uh, the movie's uh, overall quality looking back on it. But I think they made the right decision based for that time. Um, and I'm would be, I'm perfectly fine with Shrek winning. Yeah. It's it definitely different a pick i would pick i still personally would probably picked monsters inc but i'm okay with shrek winning anyway guys thank you so much for listening to today's daily notes i hope this was a fun conversation i'm hopefully if you guys like it let me know on uh, twitter at almost sideways let me know what you guys think if you guys would like me to do more breakdowns like this for the categories Uh, because i actually did have quite a bit of fun with this one so we broke down three films really uh, dug it a lot so anyway guys until next time actually quickly uh, you look forward to this uh, upcoming month it's going to be a lot of big movies coming out a lot of big movies so I'll give you guys a breakdown because this is the first one of the month for May Uh, this month I have a lot of cool stuff planned Uh, May 12th is actually my dad's birthday so um, I'll be reviewing for the podcast and YouTube my, my dad's favorite movie, and that was the Princess Bride. Looking forward to uh, going into the Criterion Collection of the P- Princess Bride, reviewing it for the channel and for the um, for you guys here too. Uh, also, Spiral, the the Book of Saw. Uh, comes out with Chris Rock finally after delayed from last year. So I'll be going back and revisiting the very first Saw movie, having a fun conversation about Saw um, on the channel. Um, Also, Army of the Dead, it comes out at the end of the month on Netflix, directed by Zack Snyder, another zombie movie. So, of course, got to revisit Dawn of the Dead. Got to do it, his very first zombie movie. And Todd and I, actually, he'll be on the podcast, and I think he's going to help me review the movie or for sure doing a movie recommendations of zombie movies, what you guys should watch. Hope you guys liked the video game for when we did. We're doing it again this month with zombie movies. So definitely excited for this conversation, and hope you guys enjoy it too. So until next time, I'll see you later.